ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And before we get into this week's topic, again, just a reminder that we always uh, love listener feedback, love uh, getting ideas for topics, uh, etc. So please email Father um, because he has nothing else to do in the summer um, at Seabergwald. <laughs> at sfcatholic.org email me cbergwald c-b-u-r-g-w-a-l-d at sfcatholic.org uh, and um, and we will take your proposal into consideration oftentimes we say yes but that's not a promise it's not a promise Father? okay not a promise what's the uh, 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 I forget the phrase never mind Okay. I'm having a bad memory. I'm, I'm learning all these new phrases where I'm at hanging around these uh, elder wise priests. And uh, there's some classic theological saying, I think it was from the Dominicans. Um, seldom oh, deny. What, what's, do you know that one? No, I don't actually. Seldom, um, like seldom deny, uh, never negate, rarely affirm. I don't know. Something like that. Something. Seldom affirm, never deny, always distinguish. Always distinguish. Always distinguish, seldom affirm, never deny. Maybe that's yeah, it. that's what I said in a different order, but yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, supposedly. You, you're going to seem to trail off or something. Okay. Supposedly um, from the, the, the angelic doctor, St. Thomas Aquinas. Never deny, seldom affirm, always distinguish. Huh. Anyway, uh, Father, why don't you actually, if you wouldn't mind, talk about what it is that you are uh, up to? Well, uh, I'm glad you didn't say what I'm up to, because uh, I, I would really don't want to talk about my weight right now. It's kind of sensitive. But what it is that I am up to um, would be I'm assisting in the uh, 30-day uh, center retreat, the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius Loyola. And uh, it's uh, down here at Broomtree Retreat Center outside uh, Irene, South Dakota. From our diocese, we're working with seminarians from uh, Sacred Heart Seminary in Detroit, Michigan. It's uh, great. It's amazing. It's fun. Uh, and uh, I don't have to be silent, <laughs> obviously, uh, but they do. And the point of their silence, of course, is. Oh, father, you just froze. You said the point of their silence is St. Ignatius. And it's just beautiful. It's like in a month with God. So, father, you, spend every month with God. you, you, um, in a very you, particular specific way. You broke up briefly there. Um, you said the purpose of their silence was, and then it froze. Mm -hmm. So we were left hanging in the balance. Okay. Can you, uh, so can you say again what the purpose of the silence is? So we were left in the balance. So can you say I can sure try to say that. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now, yes. Can you hear me now? Uh, yes. Okay. So the purpose of their silence 
would be uh, 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 to focus on and to uh, quiet their hearts to be able to listen to God, because God most often speaks in a whisper. In a whisper, he is quiet. I was out of trees, I was a quiet but, uh, So we need to develop uh, our ability to hear and to listen and to, uh, to know where he's found. And uh, so that's just a, a kind of the way that we need to focus on it. Um, I'm going to ask you a sort of follow-up question there. And if you want to punt and say, hey, let's make that a topic for a future podcast, feel free to, because this is not the topic for today. Um, why does God speak in whispers? We're not whispering to each other. I don't whisper. I never whisper to my kids. <laughs> I'm very loud with my kids. Why, why, why does God speak in whispers? I don't know if I have a specific answer, not a prepared answer for that, but uh, I might try a uh, just off the top of my head. Maybe we go deeper on this another time. So we do have a fine topic for the day. Yes, and that's yep, absolutely. Uh, but maybe just, uh, one notion be it's not necessarily that he whispers. But the fact that we have made ourselves deaf by our sins, by our rebellion against him, uh, that one of the effects of concupiscence is the dimming of uh, both the spiritual and natural capacities of man. And so it uh, does require in that part more uh, deliberation to hear him accurately and appropriately. It makes a lot of sense. And I think that would be... Yeah, that was well said. Um, and I think that would be for a future podcast, I think, uh, interesting topic. But as you said, it is not the topic for today. Um, so we are, Father, summer's about half over already. It's, it's July. Oh, my 11th. goodness. Yes. Um, and oftentimes a, a time, well, allegedly it's a time for rest and relaxation. Um, supposedly. Supposedly. Because, we may have spoken about this before. I, I think it's a common experience for people um, that they, when they go on a vacation, they decide that after vacation, they need a vacation from their vacation because they come back not rested and refreshed, but maybe more tired than they were when they left um, because they're busy and doing and da, 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 da. And Father, it seems to me that that's a pretty typical, um, that's typical, not just of vacation, but of the way of life in our country, at least uh, in our time, busy, busy, busy. Very much so. It's, it's, it's very much, I think, the American spirit in that regard, to be busy, to try and cover things up. I was actually speaking about this with uh, some of the retreatants in silence, you know, that the purpose of the silence is to listen in that way. For so many of us, so many of us Americans in our day-to-day -day life, uh, we do not listen. Thinking about uh, how we how we fight against boredom in our lives, you know, and we have uh, our technologies, our cell phones, iPods, iPads, iPhones, uh, Samsung Galaxies, all these things. And when we encounter boredom in our day to day living, our reflex action is to uh, try and bury the boredom in some sort of titillation or entertainment, but. For the Christian, we actually can know and believe that this uh, boredom is actually an opportunity to turn to and encounter the living God. And so I think we fill There's ourselves a, up with a lot of things that we try to use instead of going to the God for whom we were made. 
Yeah, there's. It reminds me as you're talking, as a reminder of a book by um, the the scholar and author Neil Postman. Um, one of his books was "Amusing Ourselves to Death: Public Discourse in the Age of Show Business," and, and he talked about how. Um, and there's another book too that was more recent than that, even. But they have the similar point where we we we. The whole idea of boredom was completely foreign until relatively recently. I mean, you, there was too much to do. You didn't have time to be bored. First uh, world problem. Hashtag. Exactly. Um, but unfortunately, it is, yes, it is a first world problem. It's a reality today because we have so many modern conveniences, because in many ways, our life, the day to day tasks um, are so automated, made so much easier by by um, our material wealth, by technology and so on, um, that we have these, relatively speaking, vast spaces of time and we don't know how to fill them because we don't want to turn to the one who can fill them, as, as you were just saying. Yes? No? Father? Uh-oh. Father's frozen again. Right. There we go. Okay, go ahead. I think we're talking about just uh, the automated things that occupy us um, and uh, such as computers and Google Hangout uh, and Wi-Fi <laughs> connections and things like that. Yes. Um, but but they don't they occupy, but do not fulfill. Right. That would be a way. You know, I, I had some students who went on a mission trip to Haiti uh, this May, after, shortly after school was out. And one of the things that they noticed is how the people in Haiti were so poor, but at the same time, uh, they sensed or knew in themselves a certain dignity or quality to their labor uh, that was really kind of humbling to them. Uh, as students, and some of them even as from farm backgrounds, you think about farm work ethic, it was still kind of a humbling experience for them. Right. Right. I remember, and sort of what... what um launched father and i into this topic there's a um breakpoint commentary breakpoint it's a, a something that chuck colson the great evangelical scholar uh, uh commentator who passed away a few weeks ago a couple months ago um he started doing these two-minute radio commentaries on christian and other radio stations several years ago and these commentaries are carrying on carrying on um they have others who are filling in one of them is um uh the the author eric Metaxas? Metaxas. Father, do you have any? Metaxas, okay, yeah. Um, and Metaxas, uh, just, I think it's today's, um, yeah, today, actually, no, yesterday's, the, the 10th, Tuesday, the 10th of July, um, the commentary, his commentary was on busyness and angst, and it refers to uh, um, an article, or actually a blog post at the New York Times website, um, talking about the busyness trap, um, and, and how... Americans, again, as we sort of, you and I have been saying, uh, we're so busy, but, but, but one of the, the, the interesting points following on, on what we've been saying so far, this is a busyness which is self-imposed, uh, again, to fill the, those, those, those voids so we don't have to look into the void, so to speak. Um, this is from the, the blog post at the Times. Um, the busyness being complained about is almost always self-imposed. Work and obligations they've taken on voluntarily. Classes and activities they've encouraged their kids to participate in. It's the busyness of people who feel anxious and guilty 
when they aren't either working or doing something to promote their work. Uh, what lies behind this busyness isn't simply ambition and drive. It's also, and this is, I think, really hitting home with what you and I have just been talking about. It's also a dread of what they might have to face in its absence. Busyness serves as a kind of existential reassurance, a reassurance, reassurance, a hedge against emptiness. So we have this feeling that our lives really, when it comes down to it, might be meaningless and completely empty and without purpose. And, and that fills us with dread, angst. And so to, no, 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 that can't be it. So I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to have my kids do all these things. So I don't have to face that. What I fear is the reality that it's all pointless. Right. And I think we'd see examples of that, even just kind of in uh, maybe a little more extreme mode, but they might illustrate what we're talking about here. And, uh, you know, you think about some a, f- a family member who's going through a, 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 some sort of crisis, a death of a loved one, divorce, something like that. And they just keep moving, 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 always trying to do something less to actually sit down and think about what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. And I think the point of these blog posts and, and, and this topic, I think the question that's being raised is that American life seems to be like that. That's not just an extreme thing. That is so much of American life because we're getting more and more removed from any sort of day to day meaning. Right. But the, the, the irony there is, though, and, and as you said earlier on, we turn to God. The fact of the matter is our lives aren't empty and meaningless. Um, the fact of the matter is we can turn to the one who gives our life meaning, who gives everything its meaning. Um, and yet, so there's the, we're made for God. God gives us meaning to ourselves, to, to our existence, to everything around us. Um, but for some reason, we don't want to go there. Right. Well, and I think we've been told we don't have to go there. And I think that in some ways, we talked about this last week, some of the challenges to faith. And so this is one of those fruits we see of the modern era as challenges to faith is that one of the fruits of it is, is the conviction that there is no meaning right. uh, to life. You know, to, uh, to quote the prophets, the Bloodhound Gang in their 1990s techno song, you know, you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. And uh, I might not conclude the rest of their phrase there, but just kind of saying, well, if we're just highly evolved apes, then nothing really has much meaning or purpose. So just uh, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Yeah. And how's that working out for you? (laughs) You know, I think. How's that work out? We're going to pretty good for me, you know what I mean? (laughs) No, I mean, we. I I was just this this last weekend, I went to. You know, it doesn't work out. It does. Right. Exactly. I went, uh, this last weekend, I went to my hometown, just a quick trip for my 20 year um, high school class reunion. And saw a lot of good friends, had some good conversations, you know, that sort of setting again, real detailed conversations. But just talking to some of them, you know, it, it seemed I mean, again, we didn't have in-depth convos. Um, but it seems that a lot of them were, de- you know, they're, you know, approaching 40 now and maybe a humdrum job or, or, you know, whatever I mean, life's gotten into sort of a, a routine and a sameness. And like, you know, if it could just be like it used to be the good old days, um, but definitely experiencing that, that angst. 
And yet, and this goes back to our prior conversations that we've had so many times with the new evangelization and the whole idea of inoculation, the idea that maybe turning to Jesus Christ, turning to Christianity in general, Catholicism in particular, that's like, well, are you crazy? I mean, <laughs> the idea that that could possibly address this, this fund or this, this, this deep sense of ennui, boredom um, is completely foreign. What do you think? Right. That it's, it's because I think and this is the biggest question. It's not something that can be filled by things outside of me. Right. Or at least exterior actions. So what do we do? Well, I think we pray. I mean, as a Christian, as a Catholic, I would most, uh, most definitely say that we enter that life of prayer and encounter uh, him who fulfills us. In a certain sense, we're encountering uh, the uh, the problem of that that St. Augustine speaks about in his confessions. Right? Which is? Uh, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord. Until they rest in you, O Lord. Think about how I was uh, yeah, searching, looking for all these different ways for that fulfillment. And so... Yeah, Augustine has sort of become the um, the postmodern prophet, so to speak, I mean, for whatever reason. And I don't think I think sometimes it's oversimplified, and and he's made into a 21st century postmodern rather than a fourth century um, pre-modern North African. Yes, <laughs> but still, but there are certain similarities between that sense of of existential angst that he experienced. Um, and, and what we're talking about here um, in our own day and age. Uh, and therefore, I think he, the sort of thing that you were just talking about, the, the, the fact that he found relief from that in the Lord does still and can still, see, still speak to men and women of our time. We just have to somehow, again, bypass that, that inoculation. Right. And also, I think what we need is in this Eric Metaxas article or blurb makes this point, we need then to have saints living out their faith right. uh, here and now, at least the saints striving. Uh, I was actually thinking about uh, one of my students, um, my former student, she just graduated, but she were doing some development work for the Newman Center. And one of the things that she mentioned was uh, uh, her junior year, after she'd been involved in her faith a lot more of her first two years, her junior year, one of her best friends from high school said to her, it was like Christmas break or summer break. She said, you know, how did you get this peace and how can I get it? Mm. How did you get this peace and how can I get it? Her friend was going to a different school and, and, and things. And so, you know, I think we can certainly witness that and, and show that forth in a very powerful and important way. Absolutely. You know, the, uh, that's re I'm also th reminded there of, uh, of a book by the, uh, the great Ger 20th century German philosopher, Joseph Pieper, Leisure, the Basis of Culture. Uh, and I think that you know, that's, if, if this is something you're interested in, um, Pieper has some great comments and reflections on we need the fact that we need to um, – take time for a real rest and relaxation, um, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of our civilization. That it's, that's um, um, necessary for, for a flourishing culture.
It is, but and we're anything but a flourishing culture. We've talked about this before in previous podcasts, dear listeners. You can listen to this. Uh, we did a podcast on state of culture in the United States. It was uh, a a play on. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember who the uh, uh, was a screenwriter at the Dominican address. I remember we called. Do you remember the title oh, of the podcast oh, there, Doctor? No, Zeno? I'll look it up while you're talking about it, though. All right. But uh, um, now, uh, so but we, we talked about how he talks about really not so much a culture now, but we're in a, a uh, uh, um, we're in a cultural uh, uh, enthalpy uh, or entropy. I don't remember which one it is in the thermodynamics terms, but a, a scattering of our culture um, uh, as opposed to a gathering in a coherent culture. We're scattering and uh, dividing uh, in the case of... Uh, of what we experience in our day-to-day cultural life. Did you find yeah, that uh, um, link, that oh, old reference? I, I, I haven't yet. I thought it was, maybe it was a while ago. Um, uh, I thought it was podcast 90s or so. That's what I thought too, but I must Wait. just be missing it. <laughs> Going back to the 80s here. Um. Which well, one I love the 1780s. Well, anyway, so, if I find it off, anyway, go ahead. But I think, you know, for those of us uh, that are trying to commit to our Christian life, we really have to learn then that art of prayer, whether it's through things like silent retreats, whether it's through just a daily rosary. Um, I was talking to, uh, there's also a discipleship camp going on this week. Uh, uh, high schoolers, you know, trying to be more serious about their faith, but following after Jesus, that sense of discipleship. One was asking, you know, how do I better listen for God? And I said, you know, you got to you got to shut off, uh, shut off the iPhone, shut off the iPod. And so yep. we can, I think, you know, who makes a culture? It's individuals, and it's an uphill battle in that way. But I think, you know, it can be built because in Christ, all things are possible. Absolutely, I did find it by the way. It's Ignition episode ninety, which was recorded on Wednesday, March twenty eighth, twenty twelve. The 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 uh, this is one of our better titles, Father. The title for episode ninety was Catholic Culture Part Two or Sasquatch. So uh, listen to find out more about uh, the the address that um, uh, Father's. Who comes up to. with these titles? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. That was that was months ago. Anyway, so yeah, I, I, the, that would be required remember months ago. The the bot. I, I listen. I've got a I've got an infant baby. I don't remember what happened yesterday. Um, the, the the bottom line is, uh, as you making that time for quiet, as you were just saying, um, and, and and turning to the Lord, because in Him, as Augustine said, we will find our fulfillment. Um, we will find rest. We'll find that peace that uh, that the um, the former student's friend. Um, was was looking for um, that the, 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 this boredom, this angst is not the final word. That there is rest that can be found. Um, the other, another point that uh, Metaxas makes is uh, he refers to uh, Matthew chapter eleven when Jesus says, "Come to me, all who are labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest." We find our rest in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Which literally is the uh, one of the uh, uh, slogans for Broomtree Retreat Center: "Find your rest and strength in God." 
Amen. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll wrap up this uh, illustrious episode, yet another illustrious episode of, of Ignition. And we'll be back next week. Uh, again, if you have any questions or comments, email me, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. In the meantime, thanks, God bless, and have a great summer. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignition. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future topics, you can email me at cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. That's C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Again, thanks for listening.